0: You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible Podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids and parents. We're your hosts,
1: Will, Charlotte, and Chase. But we call him Dad.
0: Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations, too. Conversations are always good. We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind,
1: and strength.
0: Let's talk Bible. Well, today we're going to be finishing up chapter one. We've got a little bit of a long passage we have to read today. But it's also a really important chapter because it sets up many of the important themes that we'll learn about in Luke's gospel. We get to read about the birth of John the Baptist, and a couple of characters we're familiar with show back up, Mary and Zachariah. So what do you say, let's go ahead and get Mom in and have a read today's passage of scripture.
1: Yeah! yeah. In those days, Mary got up and went hurriedly into the hill country to a town of Judea and entered Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child in your womb. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come and visit me? For the instant the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. For from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. From generation to generation he is merciful to those who fear him. He has demonstrated power with his arm. He has scattered those whose pride wells up from the sheer arrogance of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering his mercy as he promised to our ancestors to Abraham and to his descendants forever. So Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to have her baby, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But his mother replied, No, he must be named John. They said to her, But none of your relatives bear this name. So they made signs to the baby's father, inquiring what he wanted to name his son. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately, Zachariah's mouth was open and his tongue released. And he spoke, Blessing God. All their neighbors were filled with fear. And throughout the entire hill country of Judea, all these things were talked about. All who heard these things kept them in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the Lord's hand was indeed with him. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to help and has redeemed his people. For he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from long ago, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. He has done this to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, this oath grants that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, may serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness. Before him for as long as we live. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's tender mercy, the dawn will break upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child kept growing and becoming strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he was revealed to Israel.
0: Thanks for reading our passage of scripture today. Anything that stood out to you in that passage of scripture?
1: I liked hearing how John was born. Isn't it cool that
0: Zechariah could finally speak? Those are both great points to observe. I also think I noticed a new person, place, or thing. So Will, why don't you hit that button and let's get into it.
1: It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or
0: thing that's important for you to learn more about. Today we're talking about an important place. That place is Judea. Thanks Well, Last week we talked about the region of Galilee in which Nazareth was, where Mary and Joseph were from and where Jesus would grow up. Today we read about Mary going with haste, or urgently, to the hill country of Judea where Zechariah and Elizabeth live. If you were to look at a map, Galilee would be in the north, then you would have the region beneath it to the south of Samaria, and just beneath that to the south you would have the region of Judea. Judea is the region where Jerusalem is, and it sets up in the hills. Sometimes when people talk about the geography or the land of Israel, they'll talk about a loaf of French bread or a baguette. Will, have you ever seen a loaf of French bread or a baguette? Yeah. What does it look like? It looks long and sort of puffy. Yeah, that's a good description for it. A French loaf is a long, round loaf of bread, and they describe Israel as that geography because in the middle of the country is a range of mountains, a high place where Jerusalem sits. And then if you go in either direction, the land slopes down like a baguette, round like a French loaf of bread, to the Mediterranean Sea and down to the Jordan River. And so it is Mary set off for this high hill country in Judea where Jerusalem was. It's one of the reasons when you read in the Bible about people going to Jerusalem, it'll almost always say they went up to Jerusalem. Even if they were going down to the south, they would still be going up to Jerusalem because you're always ascending those mountains, that hill country in Judea, up to Jerusalem. The reason these two regions are so important for us to learn early in the story, Galilee and Judea, is because this is where Jesus will do much of his ministry. He'll occasionally do work in Samaria as he's passing through, but most of Jesus's time will be spent ministering in Galilee and also coming to Jerusalem and doing work in Judea. Judea will also be the place that the prophet John the Baptist does his work. That's why we think these two regions, Galilee and Judea, are an important person, place, or thing that you should know more about. Well, getting into today's passage of Scripture, one of the things that I think is most remarkable is the fact that the first person to recognize Jesus, the first person to recognize that Jesus was already in Mary's womb, was John the Baptist. Did you read what happened when Mary came to Elizabeth's house?
1: The baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb.
0: That's exactly right. The Bible passage tells us that Elizabeth was six months pregnant, which means the baby inside of her was just 24 weeks old. But when the baby sensed that Jesus was nearby within Mary's womb, it leaped with joy. Now, one of the things that's happening here is a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament that's being referenced. We talked before about how often Luke is quoting in this first chapter from the final book of the Old Testament called Malachi. And in Malachi chapter 4, Malachi prophesied about when the Messiah would come, it would bring great joy to the people. And he said that the people would leap like a calf out of its stall. Have you ever seen a calf leap? Yeah. What do they look like when they're leaping? They sort of like just jump. It's sort of like they look sort of like happy and like they're having fun. And freeful. Yeah, that's right. They feel free and carefree without any worries. And they're leaping and playing and having fun. Well, that's the image Malachi says, what it will feel like when we realize that God is coming to save us, when we realize that God has given us his son as a Messiah. And that's exactly how John acts in his mother's womb. He begins to leap for joy, even as a baby that's yet to be born. I think it's pretty remarkable and says a lot about the life that is inside of us and how early life begins. The first person in Luke's gospel to recognize Jesus' presence was John the Baptist, who is just 24 weeks old inside of his mother. And he recognized Jesus when Jesus was probably only a few days or a few weeks within his mother's womb. There's life within Mary and Elizabeth before they even realized it. Pretty remarkable, huh?
1: That is remarkable.
0: There's another part of this story that I think is also important. It's the role that the Holy Spirit plays. In all of these opening stories of Luke, we read about the Holy Spirit coming. The Holy Spirit that would be upon John, the Holy Spirit that would conceive Jesus, the Holy Spirit that filled both Zechariah and Elizabeth. There was an idea at the time of Jesus that the Holy Spirit wasn't speaking anymore. In fact, there were a group of rabbis or Jewish teachers that talk about and debate when the Holy Spirit had ended. There's a Jewish book called the Tosefta, which is an addition to the Mishnah. Those two books were a collection of teachings, oral traditions that had built up, conversations that teachers had been having about the Bible from the time of Jesus. And in that book, the Jewish teachers were debating about when the Holy Spirit had stopped speaking. Now, their idea was that at the end of the Old Testament with the prophet Malachi, the Holy Spirit had ceased, and that only perhaps the greatest teachers of their time were worthy of the Holy Spirit. But that's not how Luke records the story. The people who received the Holy Spirit in Luke's story are not important teachers or great important religious leaders. The people who received the Holy Spirit in Luke's story were common everyday people. Zachariah and Elizabeth, Mary, even John the Baptist still in the womb. They're just like you and me. There's another Old Testament prophecy that talks about how the Holy Spirit will come. The prophet Joel said, After all of this, I will pour out my Spirit on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your elderly will have prophetic dreams, your young men will see visions, and even on my male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. One of the things you could do is go back through Luke chapter 1 and note all of the places that the Holy Spirit is at work. What you'll notice is that the Holy Spirit is being given to exactly those kinds of people, to the young and to the old, to the servants, as Mary calls herself a servant of God, This is exactly what the Old Testament prophets had prophesied would happen. The Holy Spirit was coming to all kinds of people. One of the things that I think is remarkable about this passage is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come on great preachers or teachers, but the Holy Spirit comes on everyday people. It comes on kids and young people and elderly people. None of them are famous or great teachers. But think back to our earlier passages. These people were humble. They were silent and listening, watching and waiting for God, and they were righteous. Those are the kind of people that God wants to pour His Spirit out on, those who are waiting and listening and wanting to follow Him. Did you know that the Holy Spirit has come so that you can have the Holy Spirit as well?
1: No, I did not know that.
0: It's true. Jesus wants to give you his Holy Spirit to help lead you as well. Part of the reason Jesus came is so that he could send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would fill us and guide us and teach us and lead us, just like it was these characters in Luke chapter 1. In fact, Luke, who wrote both Luke and Acts, will begin the story of Acts with the Holy Spirit coming on the church, and we will quote this passage in Joel 2. But I think Luke is already setting us up to understand that the Holy Spirit is going to be an important part of this story. And if you're willing to invite him, the Holy Spirit can be a part of your life as well. That's really good news. How do Mary and Zechariah respond to the Holy Spirit coming upon them? They bless God. Those blessings that they offer God are actually songs, they break out in hymns or songs about how good God is. Mary and Zechariah both sing songs, which is something that's common in the Bible. Adam sang a song, Miriam, after the waters were divided and the Hebrews escaped through the Red Sea, David was constantly writing songs of praise. In fact, these opening songs in Luke's gospel give us many of the themes, the important points that the gospel's going to make. Have you ever seen a musical or a movie that's a musical? How do those musicals often start?
1: With an opening song.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Our family loves to watch musicals, and oftentimes the most important song you know, the theme song, is the way that that movie or that musical opens. And as you watch the musical, you'll hear little hints of that musical idea that come up in other songs throughout the movie, throughout the musical. That's what's happening here in the opening songs of Luke. He's giving us the major themes of the story that are about to play out so that we can see those themes in the story of Jesus. Maybe you and your family can think of some of your favorite musicals or opening songs from movies and how they set up the themes. Can you think of a movie that has an important opening song that sets up the theme? Star Wars? Aladdin? Both of those are really good. In Star Wars, you hear that Star Wars theme music over and over. And in Aladdin, that's a great one, Charlotte. It begins by telling a story. Sit back and hear this tale. And he tells you what the story is going to be about in that opening song. That's a lot like what Luke is doing here with these opening songs. Well, I think it's time for us to get a friend to ask a question so we can discuss our question of the day. It's time for our question from a friend segment, where one of our friends asks their question about the passage of Scripture we're studying. Will, Who do we have a question from today? Today's question comes from Axel, who's age nine. All right, let's hear it. Hi, my name is Axel. Why did Deckerai call Jesus the horn of salvation? Thank you. That's a great question, Axel. You're right. Zachariah's song refers to Jesus as a horn of salvation. What do you think of, Will and Charlotte, when you think of a horn?
1: Like a horn on a bull? Like a doo-doo-doo-doo horn.
0: It's interesting you guys should think of those two things, because the horns that Charlotte's talking about, the blasting horns that make sounds, often were made out of ram's horns, what Will's talking about, the horn on an animal. But here probably what's being alluded to is the horn of an animal. David wrote in one of the Psalms, "The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold." Zechariah is probably referring to passages like this that describe Jesus as the strength, the horn of salvation. Now, where we live, we have several longhorn cattle near our house. When you think about the horn on a cattle, or when you think about a bull that you see at a bull ride with his horns, what do you think that horn represents or symbolizes? What does it make you think about that animal?
1: It looks mean. It looks powerful.
0: Yeah, you both get that and recognize it right away. The horn is the dangerous part of the animal because it's where his power comes to a single point. Often that bull or that ram will lead with his horn and drive into an object or its enemy. So when it talks about Jesus coming as a horn of salvation, it's talking about the strength of God, the power of God, all coming to a point, that single driving force. That single driving point of this story is, of course, going to be Jesus. Jesus is the horn of salvation. It also probably is supposed to feel a little bit dangerous. The coming of Jesus will be a dangerous thing because it changes things. Do you remember that line in the Chronicles of Narnia where Lucy learns that Aslan is a lion and she says, is he safe? Do you remember what she's told? He's not safe, but he is good. That's right. He may be a little dangerous, a lion or the horn of salvation, the point of that animal's horn, but the good news is he is good. And we can trust that all that power and strength is being used to save us and protect us and lead us to something better. Well, I've got an important word that I think we should learn for today, so let's get to our Word of the Week. Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek.
1: And a little in Aramaic.
0: And a little Aramaic, that's right, also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our Word of the Week. Today's word of the week is a Greek word that shows up multiple times in chapter one, and also in a really important way here in the verses we read today. Today's word coming from the Greek is kurios, kurios. Can you say kurios? Kurios. Kurios. Kurios Kurios means Lord. Whenever God or Jesus is referred to as Lord in the Greek, it uses the word kurios, kurios. I'll give you a little bit of a bonus word for today, too, because it's an important Hebrew word as well. Often when the name of God was given in Hebrew, the Israelites didn't want to risk saying the name of God wrong, so they would often substitute it for the word Lord in Hebrew. The word Lord in Hebrew is Adonai. Can you say Adonai? Adonai.
1: Adonai.
0: So we've learned two words today that mean the same thing, one in Greek and one in Hebrew. Our Greek word kurios is used 17 times in Luke chapter 1. Over and over, Luke says, the Lord spoke, the Lord came, the Lord directed, the Lord is doing all of this action. But it also shows up in a really important verse that we read from today. We read, Elizabeth says, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth used that word Lord to refer to Jesus, that the mother, Mary, of my Lord, Jesus, should come to me. Elizabeth understood that the baby that Mary was carrying was that same title, that same word that Luke had been using for God, that that baby, Jesus, would be her Lord. It's a good word to know as we continue reading about this Lord who has come to us, Jesus. Our Greek word, kurios. Kurios. Kurios well i think we're ready for some reflection and also our prayer what's some lessons that you guys learned from our passage of scripture today
1: that the holy spirit has come for everyone the holy spirit gives us joy
0: i think those are both really good lessons part of what i take away from today's passage is that god is always at work doing something And it's easy for us to think that he's silent or that he's distant or he's not involved. But part of what makes this passage so remarkable is that everyday common people suddenly realize that God was doing something in their lives and pouring his Holy Spirit out on them. You can have that same realization that God loves you, that he's brought his strength and his power, this horn of salvation to rescue you, and that he's offering you his Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you. As Zachariah says, that he might be a light of righteousness to lead you even through dark places to peace, that you don't have to fear or be worried because God has come, that God is with us, and that God is leading us by his Holy Spirit. I think that's a really good word for all of us, isn't it? It sure is. Well, what do you say we pray today, and we'll wrap up our conversation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is not for just important people or just for adults— But that you promised your Holy Spirit was coming on sons and daughters, on all kinds of people. And so we pray that you would just give us your Holy Spirit, that you would save us, that you would lead us, and that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we might know how to live and how to follow you best. And that as that Holy Spirit comes, you might give us the same joy, like a calf leaping from its stall that we might find ourselves filled with that joy and move to worship you and to sing songs to you, to write songs to you about how good you are and how much we love you. So thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would be Lord of our lives. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace.
1: And lots of peas to eat for lunch.
0: Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids. There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.